The view is looking pretty good. At least we think it is looking pretty good. And it's feeling, finally, David, we've been waiting for this moment. It's fall outside, and what kind of weather is it? I think it's football weather. It's football weather, (laughs) and it's been football weather the last couple weeks. I feel like we should have the Monday Night Football uh, theme song going or something like that because we've got the head coach of the Northwestern football team, Matt Moore, with us here today. Coach Moore, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate it. Great to be here, guys. Great to have you here. Do you like this football weather? I mean, you're a football guy. Yes. So, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. This is this is perfect. When you're out there, even this week we had some hotter days. Are those practices you like or you want to be a little colder? No, no, I like a uh, little bit cool. A little bit cooler is better. Now, now the guys we have from like the South, right? The Florida guys, <laughs> you know, it hits the 60s yeah. and they're wearing sweatshirts. And exactly, you're like, guys, yeah, exactly. winter cold. Just wait, you know, just wait. <laughs> But no, you get me in the fifties, and now now we're talking. The leaves are a different color. Fifty degree weather. Now now it's football time. Well, it's football season, and you guys are coming off a massive win this last week. So thank you for making the time to join us. A high scoring game. You're a defensive guy, so I forty one to thirty five. I don't know if that stresses you out at all. A little bit. But uh, a fun game for anybody who was at football frenzy at Reynolds Field this last week. An exciting game. You guys played very well. Knocked off the preseason favorite. Uh, Greenville to move to two and zero in UMAC play, so I just want to jump right into that, Coach Moore. We're all football fans here. I, I'm sure everybody is. I mean, everybody in America probably watches football <laughs> and loves it. I mean, but, but one of the best sports in the world. So we've all been there watching TV, watching football games as a team is trying to come down and score a last second touchdown to tie or take the lead. But my question for you to start things off. What is it like being the coach on the other sideline, a defensive guy calling the defense? You're up by six, less than two minutes left. We've all watched this on TV, but not many of us have been on the sideline trying to prevent that other team. What are the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that are going through your head as a team is trying to steal that game from you in the last couple of minutes? <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> what, are ones of them. You, what are ones you, know, you can share? Number one is I wish the, de- the offense would have scored more. But uh, <laughs> no, that's always the deal. Uh, no, you know, really the biggest thing is is talking to the guys, knowing that somebody's probably going to have to make a play, right? Yep. Momentum, and in all sports, right, all sports, momentum has a big impact in the game, you know, and how the game's going and things like that. And typically, like in that game on Saturday, we knew um, the momentum was going back and forth. So when they're trying to grab the momentum, the other thing is Greenville University, they came back from, they scored 17 unanswered points yep. in the fourth quarter yeah, of the week Martin before. They, they have a history of just not giving up. And so we knew even at halftime when we were up, you know, 20 to 7, something like that, we knew when we were up 20 points in the third quarter, we knew they're not going to go away. They're going to they're gonna keep coming. And they didn't. They didn't go away. So really trying to just call something from a defensive standpoint, what are our guys comfortable in? What do they feel fast in? And usually if you can be comfortable and fast, somebody's going to make a play. Are you worrying about the other team at all uh, in that scenario? What I mean by that, are you trying to anticipate what they're calling? Or are you more, like you just said, what are we comfortable in? We're going to go with what we like. And whatever they do, we're just going to try to make a play off that. Both. Put it together. Because I know, like, you know, the tailback for Greenville, he was really good. Yeah. And so, you know, when clutch time comes, they're going to try and put it in his hands. You know, if you're playing us, you're you're worried about Bo Burke at that time, right? For sure. You want to make sure you cover Bo Burke or you yeah. know, Bryson James. We got some playmakers, Damon Clapper. You yeah. know, it's like, hey, you, you better cover those playmakers. You know, make somebody else try to make a play. So we knew their tailback might be a guy that might make a play. And so calling something that we feel good about in that and then um, putting, number one, kind of really putting our guys in a position where they felt like they were lined up well, knew what they were going to do, 
and comfortable to just make a play. Awesome. Well, your guys sure did that. They made a play at the end of that game. Yeah, and that's kind of where we want to jump to next, Coach. So you talk about all the time, I'm sure, and we talk about it. Bend, but don't break. And there's points in the game where I'm sure you're saying, like you said, you don't want to be in that place where it's in the final minutes. The other team has the ball. They can try to go down and score. But in a spot like that, we've seen it so many times with your defense, getting a takeaway at an opportune time. I don't know if you want to walk us through that play where Luke Malamasero picks it off, but do you guys talk about that during the week saying, it may not always go our way, but we know there's these certain pockets of a game. Somebody needs to step up and make a play. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. We, you know, Ben don't break is kind of the common, you know, theory with yeah. it, right? Like, but but also from a defensive standpoint, we're gonna choose what we're gonna give them, you know, and and what we don't want to give them. We don't want to give them 20, 25 yard plays. Yep. If they want to take four and five yard plays and kind of keep going down the field, we had a game earlier this year. We played River Falls, really good football team right now. They had a 21-play drive, and they ended up not scoring because it's just these little plays all the way down. And at a certain point, we made a play at the end to stop them on fourth down, and we get off the field. And so if they have to keep trying to make plays, that gives us opportunity to make a big play, which we love. And that's always been a hallmark of Matt Moore defenses. You guys get a lot of takeaways. I mean, last year you guys had six in a game against Buena Vista, something like that. Yeah. What are you talking about in practice? Why are your teams so good at creating takeaways? I, I think the biggest thing, and, and and I got this from playing, and I've been around a lot of great coaches that do this, is if you can allow guys to play free, you know, if you can allow them to where they don't feel like encumbered that, oh, if I make this mistake, I'm going to get yanked off the field, or if I make this mistake, I'm going to get I'm going to get screamed at, which we may still yell at you or yank you <laughs> off the field, right? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, but – <laughs> but we really, if, if guys feel like they can play free and, and so they have an opportunity to make a play, if they want to make a play, um, then somebody's going to do that. You're not screaming too much on the sideline. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a quiet guy. Usually not yeah. at players. Usually yeah. it's more at the refs. Yeah, there but you that's go. okay. Well, I want to talk about it a little bit. You mentioned it earlier. The young man for Greenville, uh, the running back, yeah. fantastic player. He made a couple runs in that game that just were impressive. That right. I'm sure you were saying, hey, we did what we were supposed to do, but – He's pretty good. He's a dude. Uh, I, my question about it is when you're playing a guy like that, preseason All-American running back, what's the strategy against a really good running back? What do you talk about all week? How do you shut down a special runner of the football? you got to tackle well. You know, you, you really just have to tackle well. And it can't be one guy. It's got to be really great pursuit. And so you need to have multiple people there. It can't be, you know, 10 guys watching somebody else try to make a play. Um, it's got to be everybody trying to get there at the same time and, and make a play together. For sure. And then on the flip side, when you're playing a really special quarterback, what's the message there? Instead of a running back, if it's a quarterback who's kind of the difference maker, what's the message all week when you're playing one of those guys? You know, you always, you always say you blitz the really good ones and you, and you drop and let the, let the bad ones throw the ball. You know, and so, you know, when there's, when there's a really good quarterback, you know, you want to pressure them a little bit. You don't want them to feel comfortable. And so it's kind of like, and, and they're going to make plays, right? You know, Tom Brady's going to make a play here or there. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to make a play, but can you limit those really big plays where you get them kind of riled up and stuff like that? So if you're a quarterback and everyone's dropping back, that means they probably don't think you're very, you're very good. They're, they're not, <laughs> we want to catch first. it. That's it. Okay. There we go. <laughs> That's it. So coach, you touched on already the River Falls matchup and going back to last month too, you see a really good Hope College team, Concordia team, Augsburg team. I bring all that up to say, You've had this in past years where you guys schedule really tough in the non-conference. But yeah. you know, we're trying to prepare these men for the UMAC games, the games that we really want to be peaking, playing our best. That recipe has worked, at least so far this year, where you guys are starting 2-0 and in conference play. What is that messaging like to your guys as you go through September saying, 
No one wants to lose. We understand that. We want to compete with every team. But trust us on this. The UMAC games are coming. That's where we want to be playing our best football. What is that message like to your team? Yeah, you know, there's a couple things with that, right? Like, num- number one, we talk to guys all the time about ignore the scoreboard. You know, whether we're winning or losing, we want to ignore the scoreboard. It's, it's are we competing, right? And, and are we trying to do our best? And so it doesn't matter, matter the level of our opponent. We want to be executing at, the, at our highest level all the time. Uh, in our non-conference schedule, we've got some, you know, really good schools that we're playing against. And so um, we feel like there's, there's some schools in there that we, that we kind of maybe gave. We lost those games. They ne- didn't necessarily beat us. And so that, uh, that we can compete with them at a, at a really good level. But then there also is that message where, listen, this, these are high-level teams. When we get to the playoffs, you know, our plan is to get to the playoffs, right? Yeah. So when we get to the playoffs, we're going to be playing high-level teams again. And so we want to be prepared for that. We want to make sure. And there's some great teams in our conference as well. We know that, right? There's some high-level teams. But we want the level of our competition to be high through the whole season. We don't want it to just be part of it or anything like that. Absolutely. Has there been any difference, would you say, through the first two conference games where you see – I know I can see a tangible difference being now that we're in October in that Finlandia game a couple weeks ago and then Greenville this past Saturday. You know, one of the things that um, I don't know if you guys realize, we have like 13 or 14 freshmen playing right now. Yeah. I mean, we have a significant number of young players that are that are playing, you know, a lot of minutes on our football team. And so these kids aren't freshmen anymore. You know, yeah. they, they've played six games of college football. They, they don't get to be a freshman anymore. They've got more minutes than than a lot of, you know, sophomores in the country as, as we're going through. And so the, the tangible difference is that's a lot of game time experience. And, you know, game time experience is worth so much more than practice or film Absolutely. or any of those kinds of things. So that's where you see it, where you see some of these young kids um, who, who have time on the field now, you know, getting better. So you guys knocked off Greenville last week, big win. You guys are in the bye week now, and yeah. I and I know you pretty well. I know in the bye week you don't have your feet kicked up and you know eating chips and drinking Mountain Dew. You guys are still working now in right. the bye week. What's a bye week look like? Are you really focusing more on yourselves? Are you looking ahead two weeks to your next opponent? Can you walk us through kind of what a bye week looks like for you and your team? Yeah, both. You know, both is the answer, I guess. Again, kind of a cop out of an answer, right? But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but that's what it is. So we're we're preparing for our next opponent, right? But to us, these are bonus practices. These are bonus days that in a normal game week we don't get these extra practices in order to get ready. And so our message to the players has been: let's not waste these bonus, you know, these bonus practices. Let's make sure we're taking advantage of these extra practices that we have. The other thing is, it's a great time of year to kind of get healed up. You know, for any, sure. any guys that might be dinged up a little bit, a little bit sore, things like that, great opportunity for them to kind of recover. And then we, when you get into the season for football, you become very schematic, right, or, or very like you're really focusing on your opponent and what they're doing. This allows us a couple of days where we can get back on ourselves, kind of like you were saying, work on some fundamentals, work on some really basic stuff that we might not have been able to do since camp, you know, six weeks ago. You talk about physically healing up. Is there a mental side of that too, almost to have a week where, hey, we don't have to worry about a team? Because this is a long season. Again, these are college kids. It's They've got a lot of things going on, classes, bunch of stuff. Are they able to mentally reset during this bye week a little bit too? I think so. You know, And, again, we scored a great week for the bye because, you know, we've got like midterms right now. Yep. yep. You know, so guys are able to catch up on classes. Guys are able to, you know – uh, be able to visit with people that they might not have. We adjust our schedule just a little bit so um, later in the week they have a little bit more free time. But, uh, yeah, 
mentally speaking. Have you had some rough bye weeks in the past, like either way too early in the season or way too late? Because you're kind of right in the middle right oh, now. You're in the sweet spot. Yeah. We, I've had a week 11s before. So in <laughs> week 11, you're like <laughs> – was it, it's not now, really bye now week. once it was a bye week because we were going into the playoffs, and so okay, you're like, so you "Oh, this that. is great." And then other times you're like, "Well, season's done." You know, <laughs> you're you're done a week early, so that's not as fun then. We've talked a lot of defense already, and I know you're a defensive guy, coach. Yeah. But offensively, you've touched on it a little bit. The weapons that you guys have, the underclassmen that you guys have. What's the key to putting that all together? I mean, I remember some conversations that you know David and I have had with Boomer going back to August, where he's giddy talking right. about his quarterback room talking about which the, he's i mean he's always giddy. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's always giddy and smiling anyway so that that's fair but what what has been the key and maybe there's a couple of things that stick out to you but this year specifically you can run the football really well we saw that on saturday on those rpos where jeremiah's getting space up the middle but also you've already mentioned volberg you get him in space bryson james seems like he always has a mismatch damon clapper's your consistent threat over the middle who's always there i'll stop listing off names what has been some of the do wanna, keys do you for the offense this year? Just go over the hey, give love to those guys, yeah. absolutely. Well, the O-line's part of it, right? And I think, you know, you touched on it a little bit, but, you know, our, our offensive coordinator, Boomer Repke, you know, he just he's, he's got an energy and he has an enthusiasm for the game and for people in general. And then that sparks into his offense and what he's trying to do. And the, and the offense that he runs is a really fun offense. So guys really enjoy, you know, kind of doing it. But then as you go through that list of names, you know, our offensive line is playing really well. Coach Richardson's doing a great job getting those guys going. Um, then you look at some of these weapons that are – you can't focus on one guy right now. And, no. that, and that's really when – when you can put together a handful of guys, who are you going to focus on? You know, if you focus on Bo Burke, Damon Clapper's going to do something. If you focus on the passing game, Jeremiah Staten's going to do something. You know, it's – and so because there's all these great weapons and there's all these guys who come in, you know, Seaver Clefsis, a freshman running back, you know – we have guys who can help support each other. We have stars, and everybody's just kind of working and doing their job and, and taking the opportunities when they come for them. Not only have you guys had an explosive start offensively, but you've done it with three different quarterbacks, yeah. and that's pretty impressive. I mean, you have barely have had two weeks in a row where you're starting the same guy. Can you talk about what those three guys have done um, and what they each kind of bring to the table separately? You know, again, what Boomer's done, because he works with those quarterbacks, right? The quarterback room, you hear this all the time, like it's a great quarterback room or it's a, yeah. you know, yeah. it really is a great quarterback room. And what those guys have been doing is they support each other no matter who's playing. And so whoever the person is who's actually out there taking the snaps, everybody else is supporting that guy, whether it's paying attention to what the defense is doing, whether it's coaching him up when he gets on the sidelines. Also, just prep for the week. You know, they're all helping each other kind of prep and challenging each other. It'd be real, really easy for those guys to be like, well, it's not my week. I'm not, yep. I'm not the guy. Yep. I'm going to bag out. But instead, they don't do that. Instead, they challenge each other, kind of support each other, and keep going. And they all have different gifts, right? They all have, they all have different gifts that, that they've been given. At, at, uh, and so it kind of changes what we kind of do. It's probably worse for defenses because yeah. they don't know what yep. they're going to see. And are they going to see a guy who can run? Are they going to see a guy who's more a passer? All these things. We got it all. It's kind of fun. That's awesome. And it's interesting that you brought up kind of that buzzword or buzz phrase of the quarterback room. Because my next question is kind of all about one of those buzz uh, catchphrases that coaches use all the time. They always talk about special teams. They say, oh, we got to be really good at special teams. Right. There's three phases. Everyone kind of says that. But when you watch football, it, it can be infuriating at times because special teams will lose people games all the time. Right. You guys got a huge punt block this last week against Greenville that Damon Clapper blocked and then was able to bring in for a touchdown. Changed the game. I mean, right. you probably don't win that game without that play. So how important, take that buzz phrase, you know, special teams is really important. 
how important is it really? And what's the key to making those big special teams plays? Well, n- number one, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we win that game, the blocked punt for a touchdown. Cole Uplegger gets yeah. two field goals. Special teams yeah. player of the week points. in the UMAC. Then he goes five for five on extra points, you know, and so – you put those points together. That's that's why we end up getting the win, you know. And then without any one of them, you don't get that. Um, and so that's that's huge. One of the buy-ins I think we get from guys is we make it like that's kind of exciting. Like you don't have to be on special teams; you get to be on special teams. Yeah. Like we want guys to compete to get to be on that. And so we do some kind of fun stuff sometimes, where you know the punt team. Hey, you get to eat first, or you know, because you know you these are special things. And and if you're not great at punt, right? If you're if you have a bad punt team, you're probably not very good because people are going to be attacking you and blocking those things. And so we take pride in that. We we kind of put a lot of emphasis on it for guys to take pride in it. For too. sure. Were you pretty happy with the complimentary football this last Saturday? You felt like the special teams, offense, defense were all feeding into each other and set you guys up well. I think so. I talked with the team about this, and and that's always the goal. Can we play complimentary football? And that's another buzzword. Yeah. There. That's it. <laughs> that, it's probably that for every sport, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, are you complimenting each other? Yeah. But really, if one of those fails, you know, you could be, you know, if the defense is playing poorly, you can score as much as you want. You might lose. For sure. Know? or special teams or offense or any of that. And so we feel like right now when we're playing complementary football, we're really excelling. And when we struggle a little bit, it's because we're not playing that complementary football. Coach, David and I enjoy the home games. We enjoy the football frenzy, the homecoming. I'm sure you love to see Northwestern fans come out. But obviously half your games have to be played on the road. You yeah. can't play every game here at Reynolds Field across the way. That being said, I know it's still a ways away, but you have Westminster a week from Saturday. Talk about some of the traditions you guys have when you go on the road. You have some longer road trips each and every year. Westminster is one of them. Yeah. What is different about a week where you're not playing in the friendly confines? you got to load up the bus and get the guys moving on the road. What do you enjoy about that? What are maybe some of the challenges about going on the road? Yeah, the the challenges is probably, you know, just finding places to feed people, you know, and, and call and, and get, you know, there's there's those kinds of things. It's not a lot of places that uh, are open for 90 people. No, this no, yeah, over. yeah you, you try to ask and, and they're like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> um, so uh, so that's that's kind of the challenges. Right. And then just the timing of it where you're going to be on a bus for eight hours, you know, and the day before a game, you're going to try to figure those things out. Used to be practice. Now we practice in the morning before we leave and things like that. But. Um, th- those are kind of some of the challenges. I think, I think we've kind of taken some of these road trips and, and I didn't realize how special they were. I was talking with somebody, um, a little earlier this season that th- they never got to do overnights and things like that. You know, when they played college football, we get to yeah. do three of them. And so we do some special things. We like to, whether it's stopping at some places, you know, we might stop at Kinnick stadium in, in, in Iowa city on the way down to a game, you know, and do a walkthrough. It's kind of a fun deal. We've done Notre Dame. We've done a bunch of these different stadiums. I like to take the guys to a movie when we're on the road. It's kind of fun to go to. I mean, it's we went and saw Top Gun, you know, 80 yeah. of us, you know, when we were in Wisconsin. It's kind of fun to sit in a small-town movie theater, almost fill the whole thing, and watch a movie. <laughs> to get. I feel bad for the other people who are on, like, their first date or something like that. They get to watch a movie with us. So that's, Wait, All your guys like Top Gun, right? There was no one who came out. I don't think anybody there. complained about okay, it. Okay, yeah, there you go. At least yeah, not to me. To check so it that. was free for them. What do, what do yeah, they care, exactly. right? So, you get them pop- what do they do for popcorn? Yeah, that's, they're on their own. They got to okay. get their own snacks, which so. I'm sure a lot of those guys do. They don't struggle with that. <laughs> no, they don't struggle with that. Yeah, and then Kilgore takes a little bite from everybody. Oh, I'm sure. So I'm sure he Kilgore calls it a rental yeah. fee. So oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he gets that. But yeah, we like to have some traditions like that where you know we get to do things as a team, and and really that's special, right? Because we're on the road together, and we get to just be together for that time. So we try to grub that up. 
You bring up Kilgore. You've already brought up Boomer. I'm yep. going to go to the other side now and talk about Coach Miller and yourself. Yeah. You think about it, Coach, from the younger guys to all the way up to Coach Miller. You have a lot of experience, a lot of fresh blood. Trevor Lumberg just into the program, but then guys who've been here for a long, long time. What is that like specifically as a coaching staff where you have so many different opinions, but I'm sure they're all valuable in your eyes? Yeah, you know, it, I, I have an unbelievable staff right now. We have 10 guys, and, and um, from a wide range of ages to personalities to where they're from to what they're – experience has been in all these things but you know just blessed with what their knowledge is and how and there's not egos you know we're all kind of in it together for Northwestern and for these guys and they love the players and they love Jesus you know and just want to see growth in players and want to see just um great play you know and and great classroom performance and see guys who are great husbands and and so that it's just a blessing beyond blessing I love it because I get this. I get these young guys with unbelievable energy, right? Yeah. Guys like DP running around here, <laughs> you know? And then I've got these guys who've been my mentors for 25, 30 plus years that I yeah. get to, who, who aren't afraid to come to me and be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that or maybe we need to do this. And so I, I tell people all the time uh, the, the really great part when you have 10, 11 guys on a staff is there's really a personality for every player. You know, yeah. you might not connect with your position coach, but you might connect with somebody else because they like to fly fish, right? Or they like to hunt. You might connect with somebody else because of this or they've gone through this. And so that's really where it's, it gets to be special. That's awesome. Okay, I'm going to go out of order a little bit here because I wanted to end with this, but it goes so much into what you just talked about. There is a lot of energy and excitement around this program right now. You, you're 2-0 and in conference play. You just knocked off Greenville. You guys are sitting in a great spot. You have a great staff, like you said. Where does all this positivity positivity kind of come from, and why is this such a good time to be an Eagle? Kind of, what's the recruiting pitch right now as you're talking to high school kids? Like, why is right now such a good time to be a part of this program? And I think you touched on it a little bit with your staff just now too. Hundred percent. Now I would start with saying every time's a great time to be an Eagle. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, um, but really, I I think we're poised. I th I think. Athletics in general, I think there's been an enormous amount of success across the athletic department, right? And football's had a history of success. We've started to kind of play maybe some more challenging teams and kind of put ourselves in a different position. But I think we're poised with what our staff is and what we're able to do and who we have as players and stuff right now that, uh, that we're not – we're on the on the rise, not on a decline as far as where we're going to start, you know, you're going to start seeing Northwestern football at. That's awesome. And then last one I have for you – the three thousand foot view. Don't give me the X's and O's, all that stuff, because I, I you'll yell at me if I ask you to to give away the strategy or something like right. that. Can you give us just a quick overview of Westminster offensively, defensively? What do they like to do? Give us a little bit of a preview without going too deep into the X's and O's. Yeah, you know, defensively, they've done a lot of stuff right now. They've they've kind of changed up. I mean, there's games where they're running three different defenses in the same game, and so. We don't kind of we don't really know what they what they want to be or, or who they want to be. Um, what our emphasis will probably be on, on them from an offense is who are we? Who do we want to be, and where where can we be from a strength standpoint? Um, offensively, they've got a nice running game, or or and they like to spread it out sometimes, and so they're pretty balanced in that state. And so um, as, as usually, you know, if we can stop the running running game, I think it'll be a great day for us. It's awesome. I didn't run this one by you, David, but can oh. I take us to a different level of football? <laughs> For sure. I, I want to get your opinion, Coach. 
Remind me, you are a Bears fan, correct? I am. I am a Bears so fan. So everyone, I haven't flipped this table. Right? Talked, we can't, I haven't this talked to you about out. that yet, Ryan. I'm glad you brought us here. That's just, not ex- just rip that ball out of his hands at the end. What happened there, Coach Moore? Oh, that's that's bad. What's your question? <laughs> well, let's, that, let's get that, to that the wasn't question where more. I was going to go, David. Look. Believe it or not, we do appreciate that yeah. win. He and I are Vikings fans, but. David and I and everyone included, everyone's got an opinion on Justin Fields. Yeah. You evaluate football players. Right. I'm sure you watch the team every week. Yeah. Is he the franchise quarterback? Or if you were to say in next April you'd maybe have a chance of taking Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud, do you want to move on to the next guy? Can Justin Fields be a franchise quarterback? Uh, here's what, I think Justin Fields is a special athletic talent. Yeah. I, I think he's just a gifted athlete. And I think if, if they can figure out a way to get him comfortable and allow him to just you know be comfortable as a as a quarterback and not have to do too much. I think he can be a special player. So you're not I giving up he, on him. I, I wouldn't some give some up Bears on fans him. are done with him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I, and I get that too, right? It's sure. it's a little frustrating when you see some of his choices and some of the things. But I I think with special athletes, sometimes they've they've been able, especially when they've had to go up to the next level. At the level below, they could just be a special athlete. Yeah, and they didn't yeah. have to they didn't have to obey certain things or do you know perform in a certain way. Absolutely. And I think and I think he's a he's a good enough player and he's a smart enough guy that he's going to that he's figured out. Listen, if I buy into this, I could be really good. And and I think he will be. I think if I think if they have I think they have the right people kind of around him guiding him. He's starting to show some light. Um, and now if he would just throw it to guys who would step out of bounds instead of trying to run <laughs> an extra three yards, we'd be okay. Exactly. So, well, I'm glad Ryan brought that up because you are a Chicago guy. Yeah. Have yeah. you, in your time, you've lived in Minnesota now for a long time. Yeah. So yeah. have you kind of found a new, like, pizza place around here? Are you able to get, like, the Chicago-style pizza around Ask here? Ask him that because like? I think there's a right answer. What is the Chicago deep dish best spot, in your opinion? Well, I'm a Giordano's guy. Yes, yes. So I'm, a, I'm a Giordano's yes, guy. That is the correct well, answer. So, okay, go. so we with our basketball team went, went, to down to, we went down to Chicago, and we suggested Giordano's, yeah. and our athletic trainer, Hannah McCarroll, just no. a fan favorite on oh. Northwestern, right. yelled at us, said oh, Giordano's no. is not the yeah. top spot. It, it can't go there. So we Went to Lou. What's it? Lou. Lou Almonte. Lou Malnati's. Right. Lou Malnati's. Okay. Right. Ryan is like right. our pizza. My dad went go. to school in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So you're a Giordano's guy. I'm a Giordano's guy. That's a, that's a. It's a good. That's an okay pizza. The other one, you know. But uh, <laughs> I you know, agree with you. Yeah. You're going to hear about Gino's East and Gino's West and all these different ones. But if if you want a true deep dish style pizza, Chicago. So style, what do you do Giordano's. in Minnesota when you don't have all this? Right? It's it's here, David. They have There's one, one in okay. Richfield. Yeah, I haven't okay. gone. I've never yeah. gone there. Now you can also you can also get half baked ones from Chicago and then just finish it. You know yeah. when you're up here. So that's another <laughs> that way. Works that's too. another way to so go. You, do you just have like 25? <laughs> I wish, like I should. I should. Okay. No, you just don't eat. You just be a pizza snob. Okay. And people are like, oh, this is yeah. really good, and you're like. You don't know what really good is. That's okay. It's all right. You've been raised here. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad Ryan took us down this uh, Chicago Avenue. I'm yeah. I'm a big Chicago fan. Not of the Bears, but right. the Cubs and other things. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad the Vikings were able to pull it off last week, yeah. but I'm even more <laughs> glad, Coach Moore, that you were able to find the time to join us. We know it's a busy time of year for you. Congrats on that win last Saturday, and Ryan and I are absolutely fired up to watch you the rest of the season, too. So thanks for coming on the show today. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Go Eagles.